listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put down a deposit, you get $1,000 in free plays. That's simple, that easy if you put down the right deposit. All right, now, joined by Jason Shear. I am Mike Luke. Hello, Jason. Hello, Michael. All right, so uh, I was going to say, you, were, you said you're tired, probably going to take a nap after this. What were your takeaways from Pac-12 Media Day? Because I have a few. <laughs> it, I mean, here's the deal, like... I. I don't know if there is anything George Golokov could have said that would have changed my mind on pretty much anything, but I thought he came out weak um, at first. Then he went after the big 12 a little bit. I don't know. It, it wasn't overly impressive. I don't think it was awful. It was just kind of there, I guess. All right. Well, let me, all right. So here's the thing. He clearly said, uh, Klyakov cracked me up a little bit when he said, he wants to take the high road when it comes to the Big Ten. He doesn't want to talk about the Big Ten, but then he goes after the Big Twelve. Is he? Uh, is George Klyakov scared of the? Uh, is George Klyakov scared of the Big Ten? Is that why he didn't want to talk about them? Of course, the big the, the Big Ten could ruin the Pac-12 in a snap of a finger. It could call any team in the Pac-12 and say you have an invite to the Big Ten, and they they're gone. There's nothing the Pac-12 could do to, to have those teams say so. He's not going to go after them. There's still a Rose Bowl contract between the two, so he's not, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. But, yeah, he can go after the Big 12 because he's not really scared of the Big 12. He probably thinks that, you know, they could find a way to keep teams and keep the conference together. But if the Big 10 comes calling, it's over. There's nothing he can do. All right, so now talking about the Pac-12 then, he talked about how that they're now they're looking to uh, possibly add teams if it um, you know, if it's possible. Are there teams out there that move the needle at all because the teams that I keep hearing are like San Diego State and SMU and that's I mean, let's be honest here, that's pennies on the dollar. Yeah, but that's what it's going to be. <laughs> it's going right. to be San Diego State and they'll pin it, they'll they'll say that it, it's getting them in a San Diego market, which is great. And then it'll be like Fresno State or something, and they'll say they're getting them in that market as well. And I mean, I San Diego State, I'm I'm cool with, I guess. I know I've changed my mind on that because I told you once I wasn't cool with, but no, I'm cool. I'm cool with San Diego State, but I'm all right with San Diego State. The other ones, I it does nothing for me, and really, San Diego State does nothing for me. But at least you can make a case of why that's a, a solid addition. Well, right, and at least they're both they're good in sports. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, I thought it was interesting, too, that Kliakov kept mentioning that, uh, you know, it's about the student athletes. It's about how, you know, if we try to make money, then we can basically lose picture of the big, uh, big picture. I just can't imagine an SEC or a Big Ten commissioner saying, if we're trying to make money, maybe we're losing track of the big picture. Yeah. Uh, once again, the Pac-12 is behind everyone else. Because the other conferences were saying, heck, I'll even give one better. Jed Fish during his opener, talked about NIL and how they're getting players' money and getting guys right. paid and pretty much made a recruiting pitch. And then George is like, no, nah, you know, we need to go back to the, the good old days. But then he calls college football an industry. So it's like, which which one is it? Like, what do you want here? And him getting on his soapbox and saying that college football is losing its direction and all that, it's just not going to work because it's not, you know, it, it's just he can't stop that from happening. And these kids want to get paid. All right. Let me rephrase then. Maybe I was a little too hard on him. I think Kliakov went in there not looking. He did inspire confidence. I'll put it to you like that. Because he looked 
He he looked he looked kind of out of place. He was clearly taking shots. He looked a little uncomfortable. It didn't look like he had, you know, this is a moment that he knew that all eyes were going to be on him. And it's sort of like I said, at least to me, didn't inspire a ton of confidence. I'll say this. He looked agitated, which he looked like he didn't want to be there. Like even right. when the media asked questions, like the first question right off the bat was, you know, should the Pac-12 have a seat for the college football playoff? Not a bad question. Right. It makes sense with everything that's going on. And then his answer is, I'm not even going to distinguish that. No one said that. Well, people have said that. Like, right, right. You know, that's where college football is becoming with the SEC and the Big Ten. And right off the bat, he was just agitated with questions. And you don't want that. You want confidence. Explain to me why the Pac-12 deserves it. Explain to me why the Pac-12 is this conference that's going to stay alive. And he really just couldn't do it. I thought the worst comment he made was when he, someone asked him about like his confidence. And he was like, when I look him in the eye, that's the feeling I get. It, that was going to be that was going to be my next point. That can't be. This is like back in the day, like, you know, I looked into Vladimir Putin's eyes and I saw his soul and there's no politics involved there. So please don't take it that way. But <laughs> um, no, no. These people are going to tell you like any president. They're going to tell you what is best for them. They're going to tell you what's best for them at the time, as they should. You look Kevin Warren in the eye during the alliance and trusted him and he took the two best schools and tried to kill your conference. So you're right. going to do that again. Oh, yeah. If you if George asked USC the day before they left that they were staying in the Pac-12, the president and the AD would have been like, absolutely, George, we're Pac-12 for life. And then 20 minutes later, announced that they're leaving. They have to. They're right. you're part of the Pac-12 until you're not. And all these guys are lying to each other's faces. All right. I want to talk a little bit, too, and he, he gets a lot of good information, but there's also some West Coast reporters here that are clearly being used by the conference here. And, you know, again, John Canzano has gotten some really good stuff. He's a big name. I'm just Mike Luke. He's John Canzano. So I don't think he's going to be too worried about anything that I'm saying right now. But I am I am going to have I have a little bit of an issue here. He reported that he would be very surprised if by next this is last week, if by August 4th, there wasn't a TV deal in place. Well, literally the first thing Kliakoff said is we're months off from having anything like that. What is that a case of maybe a president or a, an athletic director using somebody to try to get a narrative out there? Or how could you be so far off on that information that you boldly put out there last week? Yeah, it's it's got to be that he got used because – and I will say the narrative has changed because there's other writers, like you mentioned, that were like, yeah, I mean, a deal's going to get done. It's going to be better than people think. And all of a sudden, the last 48 hours, it's like, there's no deal even on the table. We got to wait for the Big Ten and then see what happens. And now all of a sudden, it's the Big Ten controls the Pac-12 when before it was, oh, we're going to get a good deal. And it just, it it, it kills your credibility, uh, credibility, like you mentioned, and it, it makes no sense. Like it, that was the deal all along. It was always going to be a low offer from ESPN because they want to go to the table and try to get the Big Ten. And the worst thing that could happen in the Pac-12 in its future is if ESPN does get a big chunk of the Big Ten because then they're not going to want to spend that money on the Pac-12 and you're going to have to get really creative in the future of the conference. If we go through football and basketball season this year, and there is no deal done, there is no extension by, let's say, next April. At that point, if, at that point, if you're looking at everything, is it basically every man for himself? It's got to be because these deals get, you know, these deals get signed year a year or two in advance anyway, the TV deals. Right. And, and so if, if you're at next April with one year left on the TV deal, 
it's every man for himself and we're we're back to where we are now except i think there's going to be a little bit more movement than there is now all right so now let's talk about the streaming things because i'm technologically i suck you're very good at technological Oh, no, no, this is. I don't like anything that I'm hearing. So tell me about, and keep in mind, this is somebody I have to call Sheer and basically ask him uh, very elementary questions at points. But what is the deal then as far as Hulu, Apple, everybody's asking me these questions, and I don't know the answer. That's why I had you on today. Hulu is probably a little unlikely because of its relationship with Disney and ESPN, unless that's the route that they take, is that you know trying to get college football on Hulu. Uh, Apple has wanted to get in it, you know, they're Amazon and, and it, it's difficult to imagine those being the top, like the tier one where pretty much the Pac-12 is owned by those guys. But if you can get a deal on ESPN plus or go into streaming like the NFL, I mean, the NFL's into streaming with, with Amazon, that's something that's happening. And then that's kind of the wave of the future. And maybe you can get a little bit more money in that. It's hard to imagine that being the main source of, you know, viewing but it's it's going to happen. I mean, George pretty much said it today. They're they're going to get creative and and how they stream and all that. All right. So now let's talk about brands. Then let's just talk. Let's assume that the Pac-10 stays together. Okay. Let's talk football first. You have what is your your brand is obviously Oregon, and then it's Utah, Washington, I guess Washington and Utah. Uh, Location wise, probably Washington. Isn't that? And I'm sorry. I get what you. I get what they're having to do. I get that you're having to make money. But isn't that essentially a Mountain West kind of competition right there? Yeah. I get Oregon's above that, but every all those other schools and or Utah's tough. But everything on there just screams Double A baseball. Yeah, I mean, let's let's say they had San Diego State. You have Oregon, Washington, Utah. Let's just throw San Diego State in there. Right. Your fifth team is what? Stanford, I guess. Back the A. Stanford, Arizona, ASU. It, it's not, and Stanford's not really a brand. It's more of a market and location, Olympic sports and all that, which is why, you know, the Big Ten probably wants them. But yeah, it's not a, and for basketball, it's disgusting. I mean, well, it's that, that was going to, well, that was going to be my next point. So now let's look at it in basketball. And again, if you wanted to bet on this, where would you go, Jason? PHNX. DraftKings Sportsbook DraftKings. app. I, I just know the code. I just remember PHNX. Well, if you take two things away from this, remember the DraftKings Sportsbook app and remember the code. But here's the deal. You put down a deposit, you get $1,000 in free plays. If you think that I'm smart, go with me. If you think I'm an idiot, go against me. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Now, I will say this. If uh, this conference does go on and is, uh, as uh, could be possible, if I was looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, Basically, I would take Oregon and Arizona over the rest of the league for the foreseeable future. That becomes a hideously bad basketball conference as well. Yeah, and again, let's just say they add San Diego State. You're still Arizona, Oregon, San Diego State, and then a bunch of teams. that That's gross. And, and, and now you have to really load your out-of-conference because your in-conference schedule sucks, and it's just it's just a bad basketball conference. It is the worst like major basketball conference in America. Isn't it essentially kind of a glorified Mountain West at that point? Yeah, 100%. And, and the WCC is better. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, 
Yeah. That's probably better than the Pac-12. See, that's, that's, I guess that's my concern. I get the point about wanting to stick together for stability, but if you're sticking together, together for stability under a conference that is basically looked at as the Mountain West now, is that really stability, especially if you're a Power 5 and you're looking to make that – you know, because there's going to be another explosion at some point where another conference mutates, whatever the case may be. Is that the best way if you're Arizona to be able to emerge into one of those situations? No, it's definitely not. Because I always feel once once you go to that, that mediocrity, you're going to stay there. Right. What, I mean, unless Arizona's plan would be let's win the conference in basketball every year. Let's run through the conference basketball and see if we can maybe go up to the Big Ten in three to five years. But even that, I mean, that just feels unlikely because of markets and all that. And from from a, a non-reporter, like just a fan point of view, it's boring. Like it's a boring conference to watch. It's fun that Arizona is going to be the favorite with Oregon pretty much every single year. But overall, it's boring. All right. We've had multiple people ask about Kwame Evans. That's uh, a tease. We're going to get to him. Shear's going to have to be dealing with Kwame Evans. I'm glad I'm not in the information breaking business right now. But uh, <laughs> we will we will get to him. But – I want to talk now some Arizona football. I'm done making fun of George Klikoff for a little bit. Okay. So, Jason, you and I were talking about this. I have convinced myself that this team is better than the two and a half wins. Depending on where you go, it's three wins now. I think the Cats can win four or five games possibly. And I'm also very happy that there isn't, there's no pretense going into camp. It's Jaden Delora's team. I didn't want to see him getting like 55% of the reps and the other guys. This should be his team. He's the Pac-12 freshman of the year. And this team's going to sink or swim based on, I think, what he does. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I agree with you with the win total. Like I'm, I'm totally on on that train. The issue is the out of conference schedule is just so stupid. Right, <laughs> like, you're playing the national champions. Yeah, national champions. San Diego State with their bomb arena, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona's going to have to go what? Two and they can't go winless. So let's say they go one and two. And one, right, one and two would be fine. Two and one would be awesome. Uh, but if they go one and two, they're probably going over that too. You know, two and one, clearly they are. But uh, if they go in three, it gets difficult. You know, Cal, Colorado, ASU, Washington State, those are the winnable games for me in in the conference. But I I do think that they are a better team than last year based on Jaden Delora alone because I think they lost numerous games based on quarterback play, and it's such an upgrade uh, that they're going to be a much better offensive team. I'd be surprised if they're not significantly better on offense. Okay, what did you say that you thought the uh, winnable games in conference were? Cal, Colorado, Washington State, ASU. Yeah, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. And I think that those – and the only games that you look at and you say, uh, you don't really don't have any chance right there, you're probably not beating Utah. You're probably not beating USC. And uh, UCLA, and probably not beating them. Probably not. But again, remember, could, though, could. Well, you could. You could. Washington, but it's like at Washington in October, so the weather is going to be a nightmare. Is this the best skill position on paper? Passing, um, passing, receiving since probably maybe since the Stoops era. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, they're they're absolutely loaded. Jaden Delora is probably underrated at this point. I don't know why he's not getting any right type whatsoever. Um, even in the conference, I don't think he got like an honorable mention, but. Um, you know, you're looking at Jacob Cowing, who's probably underrated. He's really, really good. T-Mac, even a guy like Kevin Green, freshman who no one's paying attention to. You know, we looked at A.J. Jones, who's not even in the rotation right now, and the kid looks like he's, you know, 7'2". But, right. But, right. 
yeah, I mean that Dorian Singer, Dorian Singer, Joiner is, is going to be healthy in in the first day of camp. Yeah, they're they're loaded at the position. Okay, now let's look at the let's look at the uh, uh, the running back position. Then I think you and I have heard the same thing that Jonah Coleman is eventually going to be the guy that I think they want to be that guy. But again, he's young. It's very difficult to be, um, you know, a freshman running back in that spot. But let's say that uh, the season starts now. Is it Drake Anderson slash Michael Wiley probably getting the bulk of the first game carries? I would say so. I think Wiley for sure. I think after that, it might just be Coleman. I I really do. I think Anderson will get touches, but uh, Coleman is a guy where they might not be able to keep on the field. And you know, DJ Williams is arriving to campus today, uh, the Florida State transfer, and and they like him quite a bit, and he's kind of a wild card. But let's say the first game is this weekend, it, it would absolutely be Wiley as the first back. I've had a lot of people ask me on the offensive line, how good is Peyton Fears? Because it feels, first of all, like he's been here for 35 years, and he's obviously the best, most accomplished lineman on this. Is this a guy that... If things go well, can he be all conference? Is this a guy that if things, you know, he's mainly just a, a quality starter at Arizona? How good is Peyton Fears? I think he's just a quality starter. Mr. Consistent, you know, he's not going to dominate the competition, but he's not going to screw you over either. Right. You know, you know what you're going to get each game from good kid, good teammate. So he's not going to be one of the better linemen in the conference, but there's a lot of teams that probably like to have him on the roster. All right, fair enough. All right, now moving over to the defensive side. One guy that I think has been underrated this entire time and not a lot of people talk about, and again, we're going to get to Kwame Evans, I promise here. But the one guy that I think a lot of people forget about is Keon Bars. And again, just to just to remind, he missed all of spring, but at the end of last year, I think it's impossible to say he wasn't your best lineman. He got five sacks in his last 10 games. You, if, if he can emerge as an all-pack 12 caliber guy, which I think a lot of people are expecting him to, that changes the trajectory along the defensive line because Arizona hasn't had anybody like that since Scooby Wright on the line. Yeah, I mean, he showed flashes when he was healthy of being one of the better linemen in the conference. And, right. and that's the expectation. Judd Fish said today that he's healthy and he'll be there for the first practice. And and that's huge towards the team. They, they need to find a way to keep him healthy all season. And like you mentioned, if he's as good as advertised or as good as the coaching staff thinks he's going to be, that defensive line is a lot better than, you know, I think people are giving it credit for. All right. Barring injury, you combine Jalen Harris and Hunter Eccles, USC transfer, who is the best pass rusher all throughout uh, uh, spring football. Over or under nine and a half sacks for the two of them combined? Eccles and Harris? Um, ooh. That's a good number. That's a good number. I'm, let's go over. Let's go ten. All right, you're gonna go ten. So that was that was gonna be my next point. Then if I if we can get ten, if we if we if Arizona can get ten sacks from the defensive ends, you got Keon Bars in there. There definitely is a question next to Keon Bars on the inside because you got Paris Shand who started a game, flashed a little bit. You've got the UCLA kid coming in there as well. Is that next to Keon Bars? Is it basically going to be Shan gets the first shot and then Savea probably gets that next shot if that doesn't work out? Yeah, there's going to be a rotation. They got to they got to figure that spot out. I mean, Shan has the potential, the athleticism, former basketball player, and all that. It's just a matter of staying healthy and, and being able to do that production and get the production. But that by far is the biggest question. You know what you're getting out of Jalen Harris and and some of the other guys. It's it's that next spot where they're going to rotate guys in, but it'll be Paris Shan to start, I assume. All right, now let's talk Christian Young. Obviously, was brought with to Pac-12 Media Day. The coaching staff clearly thinks a great deal of him. 
he's he's an interesting player to me because there's times when he looks like he's an NFL type talent. And then there's other times where he just kind of get looks lost on the back end. I think ideally his stat line is you can keep him in the box more, but he's probably getting five to six tackles, a tackle for loss, and maybe a big hit in the passing game. Because if he's in the back end of the secondary, that's going to be trouble because that's not necessarily what he does best. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't like him in coverage. I don't think we're going to see him in coverage as much. Um, I you know, I, I kind of like how this coaching staff is probably going to use him. They'll they'll play his zone more, but they're not going to drop him back where, you know, he's by himself as a pure safety covering guys. I think we'll see him more in the box and that's the type of player he is. I mean, you could look at him and and think that he's a linebacker. That's just how he's built, but that's another guy. I mean, they brought him to media day for a reason. They love him. They think he's going to have a big year. Every time Jed fish mentions the defense, he's one of the first guys that comes up. Christian Roland Wallace has been a fan now of, it seems like seven different coaching staffs that, uh, that he's been under, but it's kind of more of the same when people ask me about him and tell me if I'm wrong. Really good impressed coverage, but you know what? If he's on an island, he's going to probably have some more issues because he's not a great speed uh, back-end guy. But his starting cornerbacks go in the conference. Arizona has certainly fielded a lot worse corners than that. Yeah, I, I think that he was kind of put in somewhat of a bad position last season in, right. in the sense where you know he was always on an island. He was always man-to-man, and that's not necessarily his strength all the time. Right. And you're going to see him play more in zone. You know, there were times where last season I thought he should have been playing safety. But even in, like, he's going to have some bad moments, he's still a legitimately good corner, especially for Arizona. Uh, right. But I, I I believe that he's going to have, I don't want to say a breakout season, but I bet you he's going to have a pretty solid season this year because I think the coaching staff is going to put him in a better position to succeed. All right. We're joined by Jason Shears, senior editor of Wildcat Authority. Jason, what do you have going on right now? I know you always have something cool going on. Uh, now we don't. We're, we're going to start something next week, I think, with the beginning of fall camp. But uh, All right. Just wildcatauthority.com. Join All right, on. Jason will keep you up to date on that one. I'll keep you up to date on DraftKings in the meantime. Code word PHNX. All right. Jason and I talked about it. We both like the over of two and a half wins. Correct, Jason? I do. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. A lot of people probably think I'm stupid. Fair enough. But nobody thinks that Jason's stupid. So if Jason's concurring with me, you might want to go in there and you might want to put on there and say, you know what? Jason Shear likes the over two and a half wins. Not sure exactly what the wins are going to be, but he thinks it's going to get it done. Jaden Delora is in there as well. Look at last year. If you had Jaden Delora at quarterback, you're probably going over two and a half wins there, Jason. Yeah, they're probably going three or four. You're going three or four. You're going big, but that's where you want to be again. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Ricky Garrett just put in, I'm more optimistic about this team than I have ever been. And uh, I don't know that uh, this isn't the most optimistic I've ever been for an Arizona (laughs) team, but I get what Ricky's saying when he says that, and again, code word PHNX DraftKings. But I get what Ricky's saying, though. It feels like, okay, Jed's got a few of his players in here. There's a year under the belt. We're going to have a better idea of how Jed Fish can coach this year because I have no idea, and I don't think it was fair to be able to judge what Jed Fish could do last year. Yeah, I mean, we're having a quarterback that could probably run a system. If not, we're going to point to Jed and say maybe his system's a little too complicated. But uh, this is a quarterback that could run his system. He brought in uh, a defensive coordinator that he claims is going to run the stuff that he wants to run, uh, wide receiver upgrade and all that. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to find out. If they go out and win one game again and it's – crappy like it was last season right and that's going to take a little bit of heat for it you know what's exciting though jason is that you've also this is the one of the first times i can remember going into a season where i'm like you know what special teams could actually be a weapon for arizona this year 
Yeah, it should be pretty solid. Uh, I mean, Tyler Loop, my guy, Tyler Loop, mm-hmm. awesome door, one of the best punters in the country. It's uh, it's kind of neat to say, especially. You, you might have that. NFL talent at that position. Yes, it is very possible. NFL and, punter. Uh, and we do think, though, by the end of the year, Arizona's better than ASU either way, correct? Yeah, I think ASU's probably falling apart by the end of this year. Yeah, I would look, I would look at that one as well. All right, now um, – Oh, a couple things. Now we're going to get over to Arizona basketball, but let me tell you about Four Peaks Peaks Brewery, the official beer Four Peaks of the AZ Wildcats podcast and Go PHNX. Go on to Go PHNX and enter for a raffle right there. Good stuff going on. But, okay, Kwame Evans Jr. The latest news, and again, is that somebody else said that they now think that he's going to Oregon. Now, just to remind people of who Kwame Evans Jr. is, uh, top five player in the country um, would easily be the biggest recruit of the Tommy Lloyd era. What are you hearing now, Jason? Because nobody is more connected on this stuff than you are. Look, we, we've both been around recruiting long enough to know that anything could happen. Right. He could, he, he could go to Oregon and it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world because recruiting, nothing surprises us anymore. As of 24 hours ago, as of this morning, uh, I'm not changing my crystal ball pick on 24-7. I still think he's going to Arizona. Could I find out new information tomorrow where he's not going to Arizona? Sure, I guess. But um, talking to our national guys and all that, we don't really have the feeling that that much has changed. Um, you know, I know who the other guy talks to and, and kind of where the information is right. coming from. Uh, you know, Oregon probably feels like they have a legit shot too. But, uh, but Arizona feels pretty good about it as of now. All right. I wanted to ask you before we sign off here, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Adama Ball. And everybody saw those highlights over in France. Is he the ultimate wild card for this year's team? And that you could see him making a major step and somehow entering the lineup and basically never being taken out? Or maybe it's just kind of a slow trickle. But you do get the feeling that something that there's something to him for sure. I mean, the coaching staff loves him. Right. There's a reason why their guard and their wing recruiting is a certain way because when they look at it, they basically say, is this guy going to play over a demo? And the answer is usually no. Right. And and so he may not start, but he could absolutely work his way into being one of the better offensive guys on the team defense. He's come around. He still has some work in that area, but um, it's probably, it wouldn't be surprised that slow at first. And by the end of the year, he's playing a lot more minutes than people expect, but I mean, the coaching staff loves him. They're, they're high on him and it may, even if it doesn't come this season, they think by next season uh, he's going to be a monster. All right. I also want to tell you before we sign off about FOCO, it's the, one of the coolest memorabilia things out there from bobbleheads to merchandise. Anything you want, they've pretty much got. Check it out. You can go to gophnx.com for more information. FOCO is a palindrome, or not a palindrome, F-O-C-O. Check it out right there. Again, I'm a little new on that read, so be nice to me right there. But All right. Before we sign off here, Jason, I wanted to ask you this. Two things. Uh-huh. Over or under this coming season for Arizona basketball, over or under 11 minutes per game for Kylan Boswell? Ooh, man, I, your numbers are good, Mike. Yeah, they are. It's I'm the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, app. I would say, man, let's go under. I'd say about 10 minutes a game. I agree with you on that one. Who plays more minutes this year, Umar Ballo or Henry Visar? Henry Visar, by the end of the year, will be playing more minutes than Umar. And I love Umar. All right. So, wow. So you're really uh, okay. Oh, I got to ask you this too. Dirty Dancer, great quest. He had two great points. He says he'll start to care about the over unders when it's at least five. Fair enough. I can't really, uh, can't really dispute that. But now, Mookie Cook, 
Yes. Uh, Oregon decommit. Arizona is now recruiting him. Where does Arizona stand with Moogie Cook? It's another G League deal. If he doesn't go to the G League, it's probably – I think Arizona is in a good spot, but the G League is, is a very prominent option for Moogie. Are we going to continue? Are we going to continue to see this where more and more guys go to the G League? Because it's certainly, again, it's not an end-all, be-all. But I think the G League has shown if you're good enough, you can go there and make money, and you'll be. You're, it's not going to hurt your stock. Something I want to point out with the G League, though, starting front court, Sharif O'Neal and Fa Abogidi. Think about wow. that. That's wow. starting front court. So maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. But well, yeah, and- it'll still be a thing because they they write checks. And did you see Sharif's getting a six uh, a six figure deal? Yeah, then that's what I'm saying. They write checks. FA is too. So, I mean, if you could go to the G League and you're Sharif O'Neal for three hundred grand, or go to Arizona and get a, a cool NIL deal for you know a hundred, it's you're gonna pick the G League. All right. One last thing before we sign off here again. Appreciate everybody hopping in here. Uh, Duke Shear says Duke Shear. I'll let you pronounce that. He said UNLV are they an option for the new look Pac-10? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think highly of you on as a I mean their football program isn't good enough. Their basketball program isn't that good enough. I get the Vegas market, but it doesn't it just doesn't move the needle for me. He's Jason Shear. I'm Mike Luke. Again, Jason, where can they find you? Wildcatauthority.com, Jason Shear on Twitter. Oh, oh. hi, hi, Brielle. How are you? I didn't hear she she can come back. She's fine. She gets upset because she knows how my family almost mangled you. Oh, no. That's a story for another day. That's when you know that I'm a good friend. But, uh, again, for Jason Shear, appreciate you as always. Brielle as well. We, we like your hand right there. But uh, I like my finger as well. Inside <laughs> but uh, for Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.